first thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on the <laughs> No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. It's game time. Spill and tea and talk in sports. You're listening to the Game Day Tea Podcast mm-hmm. with your host, my name, D. Gill. Hello, everybody. This is the Game Day Tea. I am your host, D. Gill. I have a very, very, very special guest for you all today. I have the 16th female member of the Harlem Globe Trotters. But wait, there's more. Guinness World Record holder, <laughs> George George. Everybody, welcome George George to Game Day T. How are you doing, George? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Good. I, I'm fine. I'm, I'm glad to be up early in this morning and it's October and I'm still alive and you know everybody can't say that. So I'm good. <laughs> so growing up, my vision of the Harlem Grove Charters was a whole bunch of tall dudes doing trick shots. And then <laughs> I, I believe in manifestation. So I'm seeing this video on Instagram three weeks ago of some female doing all these trick slots, sliding across the floor, d- dribbling, everything like that. I'm like, damn, like she is good. Like I'll tell my partner, I was trying to figure my partner, like, look at this. She is real good. Flash forward a couple of weeks, I talked to one of my classmates, Wheezy who was on the flag football team, was like, hey, you know, I would really like to get you on the Game Day T episode to talk about LGBT inclusion, your flag football league, you being an athlete, what it takes to be an athlete. She's like, hold on, I'm going to do you one more better. She said, I got this teammate that's just out of this world. You need to talk to her. <laughs> and I was like, okay, who is it? She said, Taurus George. I said, girl, stop. <laughs> And here we are. So thank you so much for for having all this manifest for me. Tell me about how the whole Harlem Globetrotters came to be. Listen, I was living in Miami and I was coaching youth basketball. I had five basketball teams that I was coaching. So I had four of the teams had entered in this South Florida tournament. And in between us playing, I would go to an open court and I was just dribbling in my free time, just dribbling, shooting around in the open court. And I didn't realize it was a former Harlem Globetrotter referee that was watching me. And he was like, man, I've been watching you handle that basketball. Like, I used to be a former Globetrotter referee. I think you could make the team. And of course, I'm like, nah, no way. And that was on a Saturday. I seen him Sunday. He approached me again. He was like, listen, please send a video if you have it to the Globetrotter scout. Who knows? If you make it, you know, if you get a call back, you get a call back. If you don't, but at least you try. Mm-hmm. So I just felt like he wasn't going to leave me alone about it. So I just did it right then and there, not thinking anything of it. Went back to coaching. So I sent a tape and I received a call back saying, hey, we want to fly you to Atlanta to audition. And the rest is history, you know, and, and, and that's how God works sometimes. So, you know, he puts people in places so certain things happen. You know exactly. what I mean? Like, 
Well, yeah. to, I'm glad you said that because not it just didn't happen overnight. You were in Miami for a reason. Based off your, back, your background, I was reading, you know, Iowa Western Community College, OKC University, Purdue University. Mm-hmm. That all that shaped you to be in Miami in that same place. Tell me about growing up and playing basketball and what that was like for you. Yeah, so I grew up in Red Virginia, so about an hour, hour and a half from Philadelphia. And I started playing since I was four years old, and I, I fell in love with the game. You know, I remember when and one mixtape came out with hot sauce and all this street ball. I really just, like, yeah. fell in that part of it, just the flashiness. And then Alan Iverson came on the scene, and I was just like, oh, my God, like, this is me. Like, uh, this, this is what I love to do. Played high school basketball here in, in Georgia. Okay. I moved from Pennsylvania to Georgia when I was in seventh grade. And continued to excel in basketball. Went to high school, played basketball, McDonald's All-American. Went to the junior college. And then I accepted a scholarship to go to Purdue. So I've been playing my whole life, over 20 years of basketball. And I've always had that street ball kind of globe charter style. It well, they only- told you that it was a little bit too much. At some, like, some <laughs> coaches was like, you know, you're doing a little bit too much. You just sit down on the bed. Yeah, that happened to me in JUCO. Uh, my freshman year came in with that same style that I had been my whole life. And that coach was such a traditional, mm. you know, coach where, you know, he's kind of old school. He was trying to tame my game down where that's just what my game was. You know what I mean? And exactly. it had gave me honors of McDonald's All-American. So I never thought anything was wrong with it. Um, but I was, I had to tone it down in order to fit into his system. And in my sophomore year, I was first team All-American, number one point guard in the nation. I still kept the flash in there. And right. you know, yeah, being a glow chart is just like, I don't have to change who I am. I don't have to change anything that I do. Mm-hmm. This is what we do. You yeah. know, we're we're showmen and we we're entertainers and we're we're basketball players first. That that's really important because people out there, like so I do podcasting, obviously, right? And I didn't when I joined Out Sports, I wanted they the reason one of the reasons why I joined Out Sports because they allowed me to still be creative. They wanted to let me do my own content. And for you in basketball, it sounds like you found something that was just able to let you still be you even within the X and O's and, you know, the trick shots and everything's like, hey, you go ahead and shine. Like, why is that so important to be in places in your life that still allows you to be you and be off your authentic self? Even in your career, even in your everyday life, there's nothing, like, you could be anything in the world, but you need to be yourself first. <laughs> That's first yes. and foremost. So for the Glow Charters to absolutely love my style of play and it fits in like a glove, it's perfect. You know, every day I wake up just blessed to be able to be in a position that I'm in to inspire young girls and boys who have those same dreams as me, aspirations and same style of play as me to let you know, that, hey, there's a place for you. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody that go NBA, WBA, that's not everybody's vision. That's not everybody's goal. Yeah. You know, so for me, it's just like it, it's the best position that I can be in right now. Wow. So with the Harlem Globetrotters, you've had a lot of opportunities the past couple of years to meet a lot of celebrities. Anthony Davis, you know, Kelly and Ryan, J-Lo, Kevin Hart. Who have you met that just had you like, kind of like, dang, I just met so-and-so. Like, who is that <laughs> person? <laughs> you know, it's honestly uh, Venus Williams. Ooh. When I met Venus um, here in Atlanta, I was just like in awe. And like, if you ever see my Instagram and some of the pictures that I posted, 
with Venus. You can see my facial expression. Like that was real because growing up, I remember watching her on TV, she, US Opens and just how much of an inspiration she was to me. Just like, wow, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, you know, just to see that positive image on TV with a, with a woman who looks like me, you know what I mean? How, you don't understand how powerful that was for me. So to me, Venus was super cool. Uh, obviously, J-Lo. I mean, J-Lo, you know. <laughs> like 50 where? Like 50 who? Nah. <laughs> Got a few hugs. Yeah. It was cool. But another one was surprised. I met the Undertaker's wife. Growing up, I was a big wrestling fan. Wow. And to me, his wife was like super cool. Yeah. Because I think what was she's she a wrestler. Like? She was cool. She got the bench experience and super uh-huh. down, humble. Her daughter loves basketball, so that was cool. Was she did have like any wrestlers for Zeke, or like was she just like a random? You wouldn't even really even know nothing about her when no. you went by her. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's built. You <laughs> <laughs> <She> do something. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Okay, well, how does being a Harlem Grove Trotter allow you to sh- showcase everybody that hey, not only are we basketball players or entertainers, but this is what we can also do for you in the community? Because I see so many pictures of you with kids with the spinning ball on their finger and like the kids holding your jerseys, like you, like they look up to you. How does that feel to be able to be that for some kids? To be able to, you know, not only wake up and do what I love every day, but inspire kids at the same time. There's been a few times at games where little girls didn't even know that girls exist in the Globe Charter game. So when I run out, they're like, mommy, that's a girl. Oh my God. You know, then they want my jersey and then they want to be female Globe Charter. So I think it's cool. You know, I have a passion and a purpose. And this this generation of kids is certainly my purpose. And I do it with them every single night. Oh, that's amazing. Now, with with all comes the glitz and glamour and the success in our lives, we do have a couple of setbacks. And I, when I was doing my little research about our conversation, I saw that you had a stint with Graves. You know, just hearing your story about how your cheeks were puffed up, you couldn't see, you were gaining weight. What was that getting that diagnosis, dealing with it, thinking, I don't know what's going to happen, and then you're finally saying, you know what, bumped it. Take, take me through that process. My mother passed. It's what really triggered that disease. 25 years old. Life is going good. And then your mother dies out of nowhere. No precondition, nothing. You know, mm-hmm. you're talking to your mom one day and the next day she's dead. So that in itself was just hard to grasp and put together. You know what I mean? She goes from your mom to the body. So I remember planning her funeral, getting back to Atlanta and, you know, seeing the endocrinologist because one of my, my aunts had recognized that my, my neck was swollen, my eyes were bulged out. and. She said, you need to see an endocrinologist. Mm-hmm. Got back to Atlanta, seen an endocrinologist. He took blood work, diagnosed me with Graves' disease. I didn't know what that was. I'm thinking I'm thinking of a grave. Like, dang, I, I, I'm, this is it. You know, I just lost my mom a month ago. I'm next. You know, at that point, I was losing weight rapidly. So I had hyperthyroidism. So it's when your metabolism is on fire. Like, it's just going like my heart rate was 150 beats a minute. My normal weight is around 130. I had dropped down to like 95 pounds. Um, So that was hard for me. And, you know, the options that he was giving me was medicine the rest of your life, or you can take your thyroid out, which is going to have you on medicine for the rest of my life. And that wasn't something that I wanted to do because I knew I had to get back to the game of basketball that I wanted to play. 
Mm-hmm. So at that point, he ruled basketball out. You can't oh. play basketball. Yeah, because my heart rate was so fast already in my sleep. I would wake up in a pool of sweat after I, when I wake up, because my heart rate, my heart beat was beating at 150 beats a minute in my sleep. So it was like, at that point, it was just like, man, we got to get your heart rate to slow down or you're going to die. Your heart is nothing but a muscle. It's going to get tired and it's going to stop. So I got on that medication to slow the heart rate down, which in turn slowed my metabolism down. So I went from 95 pounds to 180 pounds in like three months. So can you imagine that? Being an athlete my whole life, fit. now I'm 180, my face is bulged out. I mean, I'm stretched out. It was just like, you know what? I got to take matters into my own hands. And that's when I started doing my research and I Googled, you know, holistic doctors, natural ways of healing, how to get your body to self-heal without no medication mm-hmm. and it changed my life forever you know changed my life in three years i had these just through clean eating no meat i cut out meat for three years uh no processed food no canned food alkaline water herbs acupuncture and my disease just over time through blood work i was noticing that man my thyroid is getting you know the levels are starting to even out. They're getting better. I was feeling better. The weight was coming off. And I think in about three years, no basketball. I took my last blood work. I had moved to Florida. Mm-hmm. My last blood work in Florida, and the disease was it was gone. Wow. And you know what? I got to get back to basketball. Three years, no basketball. Wow. I get back. To- yeah. I, you know that is uh, such an amazing story that so many people need to hear. Because we get these diagnoses sometimes out there by these doctors. Myself, 2013, right? I'm in the gym. I'm trying to do pull-ups. I can't do pull-ups. I'm like, man, I'm weak as hell right now. Like, what is going on? Like, I really thought I was just need to eat more, eat more meat, more protein, get better, right? So I go home. My mom's a physical therapist. She says, and she takes a look at my hands. She said, you got old man hands. I'm like, what do you mean, old man hands? She said, you... Your muscle is kind of deteriorating right there in the web space of your between your thumb and your finger. And I said, what? I didn't really notice that. Right. So we go all through all these doctors in in Atlanta and they're saying, "Okay, one doctor said you got impingement syndrome at the elbows. Okay, so we do surgery one in October. Boom, that's done. One in November. Boom, December. Nothing changing. We didn't fix nothing. So I'm like, okay, so y'all just gave me surgery out of nowhere, right? Go to the best neurologist in Georgia, and he diagnoses me with ALS, Lou Gehrig's disease. Tells me I got three to five years left to live. I'm 24 years old. So here I am. Oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? I, 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 I don't know. Four years left to live? What? Right. I'm in disguise, though. It caused me to travel. And I know you like to travel. Because I seen you went to Israel and everything like that. So it caused me to, you know, go to Europe and everything like that. But like you, I stepped out and I said, you know, what? I'm going to go to California. If I only have four years left to live, I'm going to live in the Bay Area. I've always want to live in San Francisco. That's what I'm going to do. I got out here. I saw one of the best neurologists in at Stanford University. And he diagnosed me with a rare, non-fatal neurological disease called Hiroyama disease. And that's what's causing my uh, atrophy of my hand. And so like you, if I didn't just say, you know what, I'm not accepting this right now. I'm going to just go ahead and wither. And you know what that does to the mind? No. We had to say, we th- this ain't it. And look at me today. I'm interviewing you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You made a good point. Like, 
oftentimes, you know, doctors, you know, listen, they're in the business of making money. And the more medicine that the American people are on or people in general are on, the more money they make. Because you got to think, if it worked, you wouldn't need a refill. If traditional medicine really worked, mm-hmm. why do I need to re- why do I need a refill? Why do I need to come back? The comeback is keeping them in business. Yes. I don't want you to know about natural ways to heal yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that's money in their pocket. So I think people just gotta do research and listen to your body. You know you're eating like crap. Only that you talked about the meat, right? In March, my stomach was toe up girl <laughs> toe up from the floor up. i mean to the point where every time i would eat it would just automatic pain automatic pain right and so i said you know what? i'm just gonna cut out meat from my diet just to see meat and dairy just to see what it does and when i tell you i lost 10 pounds off back and the pain went straight away so much so that when i tried to get a life insurance policy they asked me, have you lost weight in the course of three months, right? And I said, yes. And they said, how much? I said, about 10 pounds. You know, they sent a nurse out here to check me to see if I had HIV. Oh, wow. I, I'm not going to put that company, right. I'm not going to put that company on black. <laughs> Just because I changed my diet, you know, I lost weight. They thought it was from something else. That's America's mindset to thinking that, you know, diet can't, you know, other, other ways can't be a reason why you lose weight. And I'm absolutely. pretty sure your diet contributes to how well you play as a Harlem Globetrotter as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I'm not saying I don't eat meat from time to time now, but I definitely try to avoid dairy like cheese. I haven't had, re- I drink almond milk. Like, so there's certain things that mm-hmm. I'm super mindful of what I uh, put into my, my body because it's important. It is. All right. Right now, we're going to take a quick, quick, quick little break. I'm going to listen to some of these advertisements while we sip this little tea. My voice getting a little parched, <laughs> but we'll be right back with Torch George. Welcome back to the Game Day Tea. I'm your host, D. Gill, and I'm talking to Torch George, the 16th female member of the Harlem Globetrotters. We are going to talk about National Coming Out Day. Now, Torch... I I didn't have the best coming out story, so I am eager to hear about how you came out. First of all, what do you identify as? I identify as a proud lesbian. We had these labels of feminine, STEM, mm-hmm. butch, yes. woman who loves women, mm-hmm. and that's it. So I'm a, I am a proud no label. Okay, uh, I'm me. You know, <laughs> I love it. So how did you come out? So I I knew since the age of four. Mm. that I like girls. But I actually didn't come out and I didn't even have a girlfriend until I was in my 20s. I would say about 21, 22. And I remember like it was yesterday. I was in the WNBA training camp for the Indiana Fevers. Mm-hmm. And I'm feeling, you know, I'm feeling myself. You know, I made it to training camp. I'm, I'm, th- I'm about to make this team. It's time. I got to tell my mom I'm grown. I got my own place. Mm-hmm. So I remember I called her at the practice and I was like, you know, she's like, hey, you know, how's training camp going? I'm like, oh, it's going good. I was like, you know what, mom, but I have to be honest. I, I have to tell you something. And she's like, okay, go ahead, you know. And I'm just like, I'm a lesbian. You know, I love women. This is who I am. I know, you know, as a mom, I would assume, like, you know, I never wanted to wear a dress. Mm-hmm. You know, I was never a girly. So I'm telling my mom, like, hey, I know you know, but I feel like it's important that you hear it verbally for me and she kind of paused and then I got scared because she paused and then she's like okay okay 
Mm-hmm. Something. Okay, you know, it's it's good. Because all she kind of said was okay. And then I was like, you know, well, how do you feel? And she was like, as long as you're happy, I just want you to be happy. You know, you have to live your truth. But I'm okay. And then that was it. She hung up. We hung up. And then literally 30 seconds after the phone call, everybody in my family is calling me. People <laughs> I haven't heard from in years. <laughs> oh, my God. She's freaking out. Then I said, well, she seemed calm to me. Mm-hmm. But of course, she called everybody. And, you know, so that was my coming out story. Something, you know, I, I wasn't brave enough at that time to tell her face to face. Because I just didn't know, you know, back in the day, you know, when I was coming up high school, some teammates get kicked out. You know, their parents kicked them out because they came out and said that they were, you know, gay. I was afraid, like, you know, even though I knew like, okay, my mom wouldn't do that to me. Mm -hmm. But I didn't I just didn't want issues in the house. I didn't want any. You know, I just didn't know how she was going to respond. So I came to the raps for a while. Like I said, I didn't have my first girlfriend tell us about in my 20s, 22, I believe. So I held that for a long <laughs> That is a long time. I, I came out. Because <laughs> yeah, even in high school, girls be like, Sherelle, we know you're gay. And I'm like, I'm not. Like, we know. Because <laughs> I couldn't yes. imagine of girls coming to my game. My mother was at every single game. Okay. I couldn't imagine girls like being around me with that energy, you know, and my mom sitting there, like, I was like, no, I'm not gay. You know, Valentine's Day, I had all the flowers from the girls. And I'm like, I'm not even gay. Like, leave yeah. me alone. <laughs> did, now, did you have boyfriends, like, in high school? Yeah, so I had a boyfriend in high school. So I would always pick the quietest boy, but uh-huh. had the most, because. <laughs> wait, wait, he had the most what? <laughs> Money. <laughs> <laughs> because my mother couldn't afford the things that I wanted when uh-huh. I wanted it. These right. guys. Had it so you bought you Jordan. You had to buy me some, you know. So they, I knew all the while, and they knew all the while too. But it was just mm-hmm. like, hey, you know, I'm Dame Sherelle, basketball player. You know what I mean? Exactly. That's awesome. Yeah, like I, I came out in 2016. Not even I didn't even mean to come out, but like so. Let me tell you the story, right? Let me t- everybody listening. <laughs> y'all can get a kick out of this. So as you know, you know, being African-American, Torch, like, it's just some, it's more accepting now, but when we were in high school, it was like, nah, you keep that under wraps. Boys. Yeah, especially men. You know, so I call myself having a little girlfriend, right? But I had a little boyfriend on the side, too. So, (laughs) exactly, right? I got it. How did you manage of keeping him on the low? Okay, no, so he knew about the girl. And, but he was in a 12th grade while I was in 10th grade. So my girlfriend in 10th grade didn't know about the senior in high school. So it, like we, we would be hanging out on the weekends. I just seen her at like band practice at school. I mean, we ain't never hung out outside of school. So I know she wasn't happy with me. <laughs> I'm so sorry out there if you're listening to this. But um, no. gosh, so Thanksgiving it's my family's time to host Thanksgiving, okay? I got to give my room to my aunties and uncles. I got all these written letters from from me and this boy. You know, you know how in high school you used to keep the letters from notebook paper, folding them up, keeping your sock drawer. Yeah. So I had to clear my sock drawer. Tell me why I put the letters underneath the Thanksgiving table. And it was, <laughs> right, it was one of those tables that opened up with the middle. You can extend it. So obviously they had to move the table 
to in order to extend it. Everything goes fine during Thanksgiving. You know, no, my parents don't say nothing. But that, I want to say that Sunday night after everybody left, my parents sat me down and they opened those letters and they started reading it. And that was the most embarrassing thing, mom and dad. Mm-hmm. And I, <laughs> I love y'all never, that was so embarrassing. But that was, and you know, of course, I tried to deny it. No, that's not my handwriting. Okay, mama know your handwriting. (laughs) (laughs) But what was comforting was that mama said she knew. Mom said she knew. She was just waiting for me to come out. And her being so accepting, I know everybody doesn't have that story. And so for everybody that doesn't have that story of the people around you being accepting, I want you to listen to me and torch right now and say, hey, you know, you can still be happy with your life and do things that you want to do. And, uh, you know, not all is lost. And that's why it's so important that I, and I want to thank you for telling this story for National Coming Out Day, because more and more people that are out need to hear this type of story. Of It's going to have rough times, but there's also triumph around the corner. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, they, and, and, and in this time, I feel like it's more embrace. Mm-hmm. You know, it's where, you know, it's like, oh, OK. So but it, it still is hard to come out. You know, even during these times, even though it is so accepting during these times, it's still hard. You know, so oftentimes your friends aren't gay or like, and so you, you know, younger kids feel like, but then I see some younger kids. I see, listen, I'm at the mall. I'm at basketball games. I see these young, we call them baby studs. We see like, girl, I wish I was brave enough to do that. You know. There's no way my mom would buy that. No, 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 no. No, no that parents, the parents that do embrace their children, mm-hmm. who label themselves lesbian, transgender, gay, that they embrace them and love them because at the end of the day, they're your children and they're just their true self. Dwayne Wade, Gabrielle Union, perfect examples. For that story, that's like, I can't imagine this story coming out when I was in high school and the mindset that it just changed. I graduated high school in 2007. When did you graduate high school? 2003. Okay, so can you imagine Dwayne Wade and with his baby mom back then talking about how their, you know, their son is now wants to be identified as a female? The, mm-hmm. I mean, he has backlash now in 2020, 2019, but I can't even imagine the headlines back, back then. Yeah, yeah, so, been, yeah. But my thing is, my question for you is, how do you feel about, you know, because I've heard, I, I'm not sure how true it is, because you know how news can be. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as Dwayne Wade's daughter wanting to have that sex change as a parent, would you approve that at such of a young age? So I think, I believe she is 13 right now. Mm-hmm, 13, 14. 13, 14. It's tough. You know? Yeah. It's, yeah. it's tough. However, it looks like she has really made up her mind to be a woman. Now, if I would approve, which I mean as a parent, just this is me personally. I would approve it, but I would say, can you wait till you're 18? Mm-hmm. Or is this really important to you where you really feel like your life is going to be really affected if you do not do this now? And I don't have kids, but I know I would want to do every single thing for my kids to make them happy. Because what you don't want is a lack of kid. When I say lack of kid, I mean in the ground. Right. Something happened to him. Absolutely. That's the reality. That's Mm -hmm. the reality. So uh, uh, will it be tough? Probably. Yes. But at the end of the day, that's my cat. And that's my daughter. 
I'm gonna love her. Yeah. The big issue now is that I see a lot of heterosexual people talk about is the fact that they are starting to put homosexuality in television, and and that's becoming a big issue. Saying mm-hmm. um, we don't want to see it, don't put it in kids' faces. But that's the reality: is that you know everybody's family looks different. There are kids who go home to two moms. There are kids who go home to two dads. And in my opinion, if there's love in the home, the kid is taken well, well taken care of mentally, physically, spiritually. Mm-hmm. They got a roof over their head. I don't see the big deal, but I told but yeah, you. We- on and on about that. No, but. no, no. I want to address that because I, <laughs> I see it all the time on Facebook. I don't know why they always got to put some some gay stuff in the movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know my child doing looking at that because it's gonna turn gay. I said, okay, ma'am, okay, sir. Well, what do they do in in Greek times? Okay, that was it was popular back then. You have literally artifacts, Egyptian artifacts, Greek artifacts showing depiction of homosexual activity. So obviously it was around. Like you said, that representation, we're finally saying, okay, good. Like something looks like similar to my life. For all those of you out there that you know are listening right now, talk to your kids and let them know that it's okay. Because like you said, it's a lot of pe- kids that go home that you don't know what type of scenario they're going home to and they need support, especially Absolutely. for mainstream media. Now, so as far as coming out, right, has any of your friends and everything like that, are they still like struggling? Like, oh my gosh, well, like I I don't, I can't really come out because my family, my mom is on me or I'm, I'm uh, relying on somebody that I don't think that would, you know, approve of my lifestyle. Like my mom and grandma, you know, dad, mm-hmm. what would you say to people that are in that situation right now? You know, it's, it's, it's you asked me that because I've been around a lot of people but predominantly males mm-hmm. who are on the down low and okay. come to me because I am proud of who I am and I don't hide who I am. Mm-hmm. And they wish they could have that strength. When it, when it refers to women that I'm around, no, you know, mm-hmm. I don't have friends that I feel like are still closeted because it is more accepting. But I do find that with the males that I'm around, mm-hmm. majority of them are on the down low and just mm-hmm. feel like, even though as women, where it's more accepting because mm-hmm. who wasn't want to see, you know, in their eyes, two women kissing. But for two men, it's hard. So for those people that I know, mm-hmm. I would tell them you have to live your truth because yeah. you walk around with this weight, this lie. You're living a lie. At the end of the day, mm-hmm. you have to look yourself in the mirror and say, man, am I truly living my true life, my true self? Yeah. You're Pricing your happiness mm-hmm. because of what other people think of you. Right. So I would say that to anybody, male, female, kid, adult, you got to live your truth because at the end of the day, you know, when you leave this earth, yeah. even alone, yes, I, you got to be happy. Don't sacrifice what, what other people are going to think about you. Mm-hmm. You know, because you only find true happiness and truth. Even I would, I would even say, feel confident to say that. Somebody on the Miami Heat or the L.A. Lakers right now in the finals, somebody on there is straight up bisexual <laughs> or gay. It's just a probability, right? Absolutely. And the, the, the crazy thing about it is that's okay. That's yeah. their business. But I can understand why they wouldn't want to come out. You know, there's a lot on the line. 
you know, for, for, I mean, it is what it ain't because there's so many men have come out, you know, live their truth, but you know, I wouldn't be, that's all I'm going to say, but it's okay. I'm not one to judge anybody, but I live in such a judgmental society. Mm -hmm. It seems like gay is like the biggest sin, you know, you know, no sin is greater than the next, but when it comes to being gay and lesbian, oh, that sin is, Mm -hmm. which I would understand. I just hope we continue to just gain more understanding of differences that we all have, you know, in this world. We, you know, we were made different for a reason. But the worst thing you could say is that, and I know this probably irritates you too when you hear this, is that we choose to be this way. Mm-hmm. It's not a, you know, why would we choose to be this way? Mm-hmm. With all the backlash, all the negativity, all, you know, that's one thing people got to quit saying is that, man, you're, you're choosing to be that way. Yes. You think about the WNBA and like their stance with Black Lives Matter and Breonna Taylor. I thought that was very, very interesting that, you know, they said, we are going to give y'all attention. And not only were to get your attention, we're not going to do it without taking our clothes off, being overly sexual. We're going to get your attention by raising, you know, awareness for social injustices. What do you think about that? Man, I loved it. I love every aspect of that movement that the WNBA and the NBA, mm-hmm. you know, stood for during this time. So every day watching their games and seeing Breonna Taylor on the back of that jersey. Nobody can forget her. Nobody will stop saying her name. Even now, we see what happened. Yeah. You know, with that situation, Brianna Taylor. So, you know, what the WNBA and the NBA did was great. It was powerful. It was needed. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, you know, about time. And like you said, without having to sexualize anything, we're going to wear these same jerseys. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? Play basketball. Every interview, we're going to say her name. Mm-hmm. And every time that camera's in the back of our jersey, you're going to see her name. So it was powerful. And I was glad that the WNBA did that and the NBA. Exactly. Well, Torch, it's been an amazing and amazing time getting to know you through this interview and, you know, letting you get to tell your truth. And hopefully we inspire so many people listening to this interview right here. What, what did you have coming up for like basketball or like in the age of if time of COVID and everything like that? What's, what's go- coming up for you? The Globe Charters, we're not traveling. We probably won't start touring until next year, okay. you know, due to COVID. Stay in shape. I'm playing flag football playing basketball at the local gym, just working out, just unboxing, just doing everything to keep my mind, reading books, new books, doing yoga, meditating, yeah. you know, just keeping my mind clear and keeping my spirits up. Cause it's a tough time right now. Yeah. It's a tough time. Like still, you know, even though, you know, they're not talking family. But you know what? I've been spending more time with my family. My nephew's been coming up every weekend. So it's been a blessing in a way, a blessing, a blessing in disguise. Yeah. Because I've been talking to family more, spending time with family more. And so, you know, but that's what I'm doing just to, you know, stay in shape and keep my mind clear. Because mental health is super important. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's not talked about enough. So. <laughs> exactly. Well, well, Torch, where can people find you if they want to, you know, learn a little bit more about you, to keep up with you, see what you're doing? Where can they find you on social media? So my Instagram, you can find me at I am real. So I-A-M-R-E-L-L-E. And I'm on Facebook, Sherelle George. Awesome. Thank you, Torch, for coming on the Game Day Tea. I appreciate it. And um, you, you all out there, just remember to be true, be you, and be fierce.